This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 10th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Former New Mexico Governor Republican Gary Johnson has been called the boldest governor in America, and that was before he advocated for the legalization of marijuana. His wide-ranging policy prescriptions do have implications for the federal government. Johnson discussed many of the looming problems faced by the United States and his ideas for solving them when he spoke at the Cato Institute November 1st. First and foremost, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I started a one-man handyman business in Albuquerque in 1974, uh, me, uh, and in 1994 actually had a 1,000 employees, uh, electrical, mechanical, plumbing, pipe fitting, Really, uh, the American dream come true. Uh, It was just based on the simplest of notions, showing up on time, doing what I said I would do, doing a little bit more than what I said I would do for people. I sold that business in 1999. Uh, Nobody lost their job, and business is doing better than ever. Uh, I view my venture into politics as uh, entrepreneurial. Uh, I had never been involved in politics prior to running for governor of New Mexico, Uh, I went and I introduced myself to the Republican Party a couple of weeks before I announced, uh, and what they said was, hey, we like you, we like what you've got to say, uh, but you need to know that you'll never get elected, that it's not possible to come from completely outside of politics and get elected in a state that was two-to-one Democrat. Well, uh, I got elected, and I'd like to think it was based on what I had to say, which was I was going to bring a common-sense business approach to state government, uh, that it was going to be about issues first, uh, politics last, uh, and that I was going to put the issues that should be on the front burner on the front burner regardless of the political consequences. Um, I think it's significant that I got elected in a state that was two-to-one Democrat. Uh, One of the things uh, that I got known for uh, nationally was was the fact that I I vetoed 750 bills while I was governor of New Mexico. Uh, I had thousands of line-item vetoes while I was governor of New Mexico. Putting this into perspective, uh, this was like more vetoes than the other 49 governors in the country combined. Now, and only two were overridden, so it ended up making a really big uh, difference. And, uh, and, It was about looking at government treating everybody equally. That's the way I looked at all this legislation. And there was so much legislation that favored corporations, groups, uh, individuals, as opposed to legislation that affected everyone uh, equally. And I always viewed it from that standpoint. You know, uh, speed limits, where you, ha- where you get your, the speed reduced in a construction zone to 45 miles an hour, and they quadruple the fines for doing that. Well, I vetoed that kind of legislation because I found myself in those situations, and at times I found myself going 45 miles an hour when it, when it warranted that, when there was actually construction going on, but other times nobody was there, and you drove through those areas at 70 miles an hour because nobody was there. And I didn't want to have to pay that quadruple fine. So I kind of looked at all this legislation uh, from that standpoint. Uh, And it made a big difference. Like I say, only two of the vetoes were overridden. So it was billions of dollars worth of new spending uh, that I would have vetoed. And out of all those bills that I vetoed, um, a third of the bills I vetoed were Republican bills because Republicans grew government uh, just like the Democrats. And out of those 750 vetoes that I vetoed, 100 of those vetoes 
uh, were where the vote in the legislature was 117 to zero. And I vetoed the legislation and I took on the debate and the argument that we don't need to grow government. We don't need to grow government, that this is not going to make a difference in any of our lives. And I took that stand and I debated it and I discussed it. And what was most significant is this is what I did for my first four years in office. And I get reelected in a state that's two to one Democrat on the basis of what I call good stewardship of tax dollars. That's, what I, that's what the way I labeled it. You, you all recognize legislators will legislate anything, right? There's nothing legislators won't legislate in the name of health and safety and for our children. Uh, I, I remember a, a young man hurting his head pole vaulting in northern New Mexico. Well, the next thing you know, I have a piece of legislation on my desk making helmets mandatory for pole vaulters. Now, you know, good idea. I pole vaulted in high school. I thought that should be a choice. I just really thought that that should be a choice. I would not have wanted to wear a helmet pole vaulting, and I was a pole vaulter. So I, I vetoed that legislation. The favorite bill, my favorite bill that I vetoed was a Republican bill that but for my signature would have become law in New Mexico. It was a dog and cat exercise bill. A Republican bill, it required pet stores to exercise their dogs and cats two hours a day, three times a week. Now, I got to tell you, I think it's a good idea. It's where I would want to buy my dogs and cats is in a pet store that, that advertise we exercise our dogs and cats two hours a day, three times a week. But if I would have signed that legislation, then I would have had to have funded the dog and cat exercise police. On and on and on. Another thing that I was known for nationally as governor of New Mexico, uh, I was more outspoken than any governor in the country regarding school choice. I really believe in school choice. I really believe in free markets. I really believe that educational entrepreneurs unleashed on our education system, K through 12, would improve education dramatically. I really believe that. And I really believe that to try and even predict what the free market might bring to education K through 12, that you would be a mistake to even try and predict the innovation uh, and, and the better products, the better services that would result from doing that. So for six straight years, I proposed in New Mexico that every student get a voucher that would have brought about this change. Now, it didn't go anywhere, but I made, I made that proposal. I took on that argument, and I still do to this day. I think that it would dramatically improve education in this country if we were to unleash educational entrepreneurs in that area. Uh, the third thing I was known for nationally as governor of New Mexico is when I started my second term, I wanted to keep with a promise that everything was going to be about best product, best service at lowest price, that everything was going to be a cost-benefit analysis. What are we spending and what are we getting for the money that we're spending? So in that context, I really wanted to take a hard look at the war on drugs, and I wanted to include legalization as a potential alternative. Now, I came at this from the standpoint of half of what we spend on law enforcement, half of what we spend on the courts, and half of what we spend on the prisons is drug-related, about $70 billion a year. And what are we getting for that $70 billion a year? Well, we're arresting 1.8 million people a year 
on drug-related crime. I always point out that's the population of New Mexico that gets arrested every single year in this country. We now have 2.3 million people behind bars in the United States. That is the highest incarceration rate of any country in the world on a per capita basis. It's just really insane. Over half of those people behind bars in this country today are there on drug-related, nonviolent crime. So I wanted to look at the issue. And when I, when I went to look at the issue, I, I needed to start with Holland, which at the time, 1999, the government said had skyrocketing drug use and that they had, that they had crime out the roof. And it had to do with the fact that they had effectively decriminalized all drug use. Well, it turns out on very short examination that Holland has 60% the drug use as that of the United States. Now, that's on a per capita basis, but that's marijuana, that's hard drugs, that's kids, and that's adults. Portugal, 10 years ago, decriminalized all drug use. And in the last 10 years, Portugal has been able to document that they have had a 50% reduction in heroin use in their country. And the only thing that they've done really, is, have, is decriminalized all drug use. There was that, which was you know, Holland's experience, and then there was the fact that marijuana is a gateway drug. Well, uh, I've smoked marijuana in my life, and my experience would say, to me, it said to me, marijuana was not a gateway drug. But I guess I needed to look into it and see if there was any any notion that marijuana was a gateway drug. Well, there's not. There's absolutely not. The government itself conducted a study that determined there's no causality between smoking marijuana and moving on to harder drugs. If there is a gateway element uh, to marijuana, it's that the person that's selling marijuana is also selling other harder drugs. And so for a kid uh, who buys this stuff on the black market, that's exposure to cocaine or heroin or LSD or methamphetamine that they might not have otherwise had if it was a controlled, taxed, regulated environment. So after looking at the issue for a fairly short amount of time, I came to the conclusion that 90% of the drug problem is prohibition-related, uh, not use-related, and that's not to discount the problems with use and abuse, uh, but that ought to be the focus. So in 1999, I advocated legalizing marijuana. And when I say legalize marijuana, uh, it's never going to be legal to smoke pot, become impaired, get behind the wheel of a car. It's never going to be legal to smoke pot, become impaired, do harm to others. Uh, when it comes to all the other drugs, uh, I would advocate harm reduction strategies, reducing death, disease, crime, corruption, the things that we really care about. In a nutshell, it's looking at the drug problem first as a health issue rather than a criminal justice issue. And I would just uh, like to put a face to the 1.8 million arrests in this country. I think we have this sense that we're really not uh, arresting people that possess drugs in this country, that we're really arresting people that sell drugs in this country. Well, 90% of all those arrests are for possession only. And if I could put a face to those arrests... Uh, I was talking to a fellow in Des Moines, Iowa, this is about three months ago, uh, who had been arrested and charged with possession of one gram of marijuana. One gram of marijuana, that's about the weight of a piece of paper. Uh, and he was arrested 
for one gra- uh, possession of one gram of marijuana with intent to distribute it to his 17-year-old daughter. He received a 25-year prison sentence and had just gotten out of prison having served over one year in prison where he was now looking at many, many years of supervised probation and parole. That's a face to the 1.8 million arrests in this country. Gary Johnson was governor of New Mexico from 1995 to 2003. You can watch a portion of his speech on our website, cato.org.